Hi, everyone. It's your host, Amy Geckel, and we are here with entry 17 of the Eating Disorder Diaries. Today, we have on none other than Julia Parzik, that good juju, otherwise known as Fit Fat and all that, online and on her Instagram, where she's amassed over 150,000 followers. She inspires people all over the world to be their authentic selves, to be confident in their bodies, and she's passionate about educating people to live a life outside of diet culture, to be aware of media manipulation, and to really embrace their true selves. Julia sits down with me today to talk about her eating disorder recovery journey and how she translates that into the work she does today, from the support groups she runs to her social media outreach. She's doing it all. I pick her brain on how she's so confident, how she's gotten through past stressful events like college and even breakups without relapsing, and she spills the tea. Julia is someone to me that is so inspiring and stunning, and just someone that I really look up to in my own journey with eating disorder recovery. So let's get into it. Here's entry 17, she's fit, fat, and all that, Julia Parzik on eating disorder recovery. Welcome to the Eating Disorder Diaries. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I'm geeked to have you on. Uh, You're a social media sensation. You're a certified eating disorder recovery coach. You've also healed from years of struggling with an eating disorder. Let's just start by talking to me about your eating disorder journey. Like, How did it start and how did you finally find recovery to where you are today? Yeah, it's been a long journey. I've been in recovery for about nine, almost 10 years now, which is like really cool and exciting. Um, But I, growing up, I was someone that just never really struggled with their body image, really just loved being outside. I was just a happy kid. I was an anxious kid, but I was a happy kid. But it wasn't until I was about like 13, 14, sixth grade, middle school, And I just started to like notice my body was looking different than everyone around me. Um, I've always been someone that's a little bit curvier and, you know, growing up in the early 2000s, like the messaging that we were getting then was just like absolutely atrocious. And so I just grew up in a time where diets were really prevalent, not that they aren't now, but it was just a really toxic kind of upbringing in terms of like the media and everything like that. And I was getting bullied about my weight. And I just didn't know how to cope with it. I didn't know how to cope with it. I didn't understand that like different shapes and sizes were okay. I didn't understand that my body wasn't bad for being different. And so I ended up developing an eating disorder for about 10 years. And it was something that really just took up so much space in in my mind for a really long time. I, from about 13, 14 to 24, my eating disorder kind of ebbed and flowed and looked different in so many different types of ways. I struggled with bulimia and then binge eating disorder and orthorexia and 
And then I just became obsessed with like my fitness pal and dieting and tracking calories. And it was just all consuming. And like I said, I was someone that struggled with anxiety and I just, I I didn't know how to cope with everything that I was feeling. And so my eating disorder was kind of that one place that I would always go when I didn't know how to cope with hard things. And so it wasn't until I was 24, I had quit my teaching job. I broke up with a boyfriend. I moved out of Michigan, moved to LA and decided that at that point I, you know, was in a new state on the different side of the country and was stressed and anxious and scared. And I, my body image was just so bad. It was just so atrocious. All of my self-worth was just so wrapped up in like how I looked and being desired by men and all of these things that I was like, I need a, I need a therapist. I need a therapist, someone that I can like chat with someone that like, I can like work through these body image issues with. And I ended up seeking out an eating disorder therapist, even though at the time I truly didn't feel like I had an eating disorder. I just thought I was like, oh, I'm a dieter and I have body image issues. And she was like, no, you definitely have an eating disorder. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Um, And ended up working with her for about consistently two, three years. She's still my therapist now, but I was working with her consistently for two to three years with a registered dietitian and went through my recovery in my own type of way. And yeah, it was just like a really long, grueling process and it was really uncomfortable. But then I somehow found myself in the recovery space and have now been recovered for nine, 10 years. And yeah, that's kind of just like a little short snippet of my story. But sometimes I'm kind of like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm actually like on on the other side of recovery because it was definitely a long journey. People that I talk to now in a support group that I'm in, They have said before, you know, I don't think I'll ever be able to live without my eating disorder. And like your true testament to that, it's incredible. We have so many commonalities to our story. I mean, I'm also from Michigan and moved out to Denver. And I feel like my eating disorder got a lot better once I came out here, got a new therapist, started taking therapy really seriously. And I love that you're still seeing your therapist that you were working with. Oh, yeah. We're like locked in. (laughs) I know. Like, For life. Okay. That's how I feel like with my therapist right now. It's amazing. But everyone's recovery story, although a lot can be similar, so many are different. I mean, we're all different. We're all going to recover and heal differently. And I think that's why it's important for people to tell their stories because it gives people hope for those people who feel like they will never be able to get rid of their eating disorder. And I think a lot of tools that helped me finally get to a point of recovery besides like honestly moving and having a good therapist are meditation and journaling and getting out of relationships that weren't serving me. I mean, like so many things that just like kind of make you realize like you are a star and you deserve to have a life in recovery. What tools have really helped you? Yeah. uh, Like I said, I'm someone that like really struggles with anxiety. I also have ADHD. And so there's a lot going on in my brain at all times. Um, It's quite loud out there sometimes. And I'm someone that like, I've really, really tried to love meditation, but I think my mind is just it's it's wild up there. So I found that for me, a way to really ground myself and like a good tool to just be more present in my body is, is breath work. It's something that feels like a little bit more active for me. It's something that I can 
hyper-focus on like the cadence of the breath. And it's always something that I have on hand, which I really, really like. And I am certified in breath work. That's what I do. I do breath work in my support groups and stuff like that. And I just really love utilizing breath work in a way to just calm your nervous system down and become grounded because when I'm anxious and my ADHD brain is all over the place, the last thing I feel is grounded. (laughs) So um, getting outside, going for walks is like my savior. Um, I know I'm feeling off if I haven't gotten outside and gone for a walk around the park. That is just like one thing that truly, truly helps me. Um, So those two pair together. And honestly, as silly as it sounds, dancing in my kitchen, like playing music and just dancing around and just being in my body without judgment is probably one of my favorite tools as well for just getting out of my head and getting into my body. You're listening to entry 17 of the Eating Disorder Diaries with Amy Geckel featuring Julia Parzik, and we'll be back right after this break. On the outside, you have it all together. You're successful. You seem happy. But what your friends and family don't see is that you're living in the vicious cycle of bulimia. You know something needs to change. Your health depends on it, but you just don't know where to start. That's where Conquering Bulimia comes in. It's a -a one-of-a-kind online recovery course brought to you by certified eating disorder coaches Sarah Lee and Mara Elizabeth. They know exactly what you're going through. They've both recovered from bulimia and have teamed up with leading experts to create an online course with over 70 short videos to jumpstart your recovery. Conquering Bulimia is private and self-paced, filled with personal stories and coaching tips that will teach you how to change your behaviors for good. And it's affordable, offered at an incredible discount of 60% of the cost of one-on-one coaching. Break free from bulimia on your terms and start living the life of peace you deserve at conqueringbulimia.com. Welcome back to entry 17 of the Eating Disorder Diaries. What kind of breath work do you do? Do you have apps for it or do you just like follow certain in and out breaths? Yeah. So I'm certified through XPT. It's extreme performance training. I got that done back in 2019 was when I got certified. Um, and I do different types of cadences. One of my favorite ones, which is really, really simple is box breath. So it's four second inhale, four second hold, four second exhale, four second hold. And you just do that for as long as you want. Um, and there's tons of different types of cadences. XPT actually has like a really great app that I use and can have different coaches kind of walk you through those breathworks. Um, there's definitely some other apps out there, but I just kind of do them on my own. And I really like some of these like power breaths, which are a little bit more intense, like some quick inhales and quick exhales. Um, and those are like great ways to kind of just, again, calm that nervous system down. And I've, I, in the past have done some like ice and heat, uh, like workshops and stuff like that, where you do the breath work when you're sitting in an ice tub and trying to like calm your nervous system down while also putting yourself in, in a situation that brings up some anxiety. So that paired with also then going into like the sauna for 30 minutes and back and forth is such a great way for me to manage my anxiety. And obviously not everybody has like ice tubs. <laughs> um, so like if I'm feeling really, really stressed out, really, really anxious, maybe feel a panic attack coming on the cold shower and breath work paired together is some of my favorite things to do. Okay. I'm definitely going to keep that in mind. That's incredible. And so you're certified in breath work. Yeah. And- you're certified as an eating disorder recovery coach. Tell me about that too. Yeah. Yeah. So back in 2019, 
at the time I was a nanny, I was living here in Denver. I didn't want to be a long-term nanny for the rest of my life. And I really wanted to do something on my own in the eating disorder space. And one of my best friends, Jane, she created a curriculum, an eating disorder recovery coaching curriculum. She saw a big gap in recovery services when it came to it's, you know, either treatment or therapy. And there was just, you know, some gaps in support in terms of what clients were needing. And she created this recovery coaching curriculum. And I was one of her first coaches underneath that. And I started my business back in 2019. And so I worked as collaborative care with registered dietitians and therapists and doctors to support my clients. I was doing one-on-one coaching. I did that for a while, ended up kind of pulling back on that. I got a little burnt out in the one-on-one coaching space. And now I do support groups. So group coaching, which I really, really love, but it's a space that I love to be in. I feel like I very much kind of turned my pain into my passion, which was really awesome. That sounds so rewarding. And uh, I just, I'm the type of person too, that I want to take what I've learned and tell everyone else about it. Because I can like go to some girl who's been struggling for two years and tell her, here's what I wish I would have known at year two, rather than year 15. Let me teach that to you. So that's what I'm trying to do with the podcast. And I love that that's what you're doing like now with your support groups on social media. Tell me about the support groups though, because I don't think people realize how amazing they are. I've been to a local one here before, but I think that probably just with the audience that you have, you have particular people that are coming. I don't know. Just, I want to hear all about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, so like I said, I kind of pulled back from doing like the coaching space and stuff like that. And I realized as I, I kind of took some time off, I really just missed being in that space, but I wasn't sure if I wanted to go back to one-on-one coaching. And so I, I've always loved the idea of group coaching and support groups. I personally have learned so much through my experiences in community with other women in terms of like my own recovery, going to events, going to workshops. I love doing things in just like a nice intimate container. And so I was like, well, let me create some support groups. And now I'm in my third round of support groups. I have seven amazing women. It's for women and non-binary. And I have a woman that's 65. And then I also have a woman that's like in Ireland that's coming to the support groups. I have people that are just starting their recovery. I have people that are far into their recovery but are struggling with, you know, their body image. So it's really nice because we're kind of all learning from each other at different points of where each other are, but also collectively bonding over the fact that we are still getting the same messaging. We've all felt very similar things, but we have different, you know, upbringings, different life experiences to bring to the table. Um, So I run those for eight weeks. I do them on Tuesday night. I run them for eight weeks. And then if anybody from the original support groups wants to move over to like my continued support groups, those meet every other week. So I have for women that have done the support groups before that still want that continued support. And we kind of have like a chat group and stuff like that for just, again, that additional community, just because I know like for me remaining kind of like in the recovery space while I'm going through recovery, while I'm like struggling with my body image was really, really helpful for me to stay accountable in the work that I was doing. Oh yeah, definitely. I think that the experience that I've had in support groups, I've been blown away. It feels almost magical in a way because you are dealing, you're talking to people that get exactly what you've gone through and you might have different stories and you might have different behaviors, whatever it is, but 
you don't feel like a weirdo. You you just feel like, oh my God, I can totally relate to everything you're saying. And so validating. It's it's incredible. And so yeah, I, I can imagine why people keep going back and back. And it also makes you realize that I feel like sometimes people with eating disorder behaviors feel nuts and insane for what they're doing. And you start to actually realize when other people talk about having the same behaviors, it's not crazy behavior, what you're doing. Like you actually have a disorder and you have a disease and there are ways that you can fight it and actually get better from it. So I think that's really cool. Tell me about some success stories of your support group. Yeah. I think one, it's just kind of this like understanding of like, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. I think there has just been so much conversation. Like some of the women that have come back for the continued support group, they were like, oh, the lag of a couple months of not being together. I just have noticed kind of like a dip in my body image and not having like a space to talk to someone about stuff. Because again, if you don't have someone in your life, that's understanding where you're coming from, because you know, eating disorders are a mental illness. They're really intricate and different to every single person. And not a lot of people understand them. And so when you have that group together, and again, you have these validating moments, it's like, oh my gosh, I feel like I I have someone that understands me. And I've had one of my clients um, had sent me a picture of her wearing a tank top, a, a crop top tank top. She was like, I never show my arms. I never show my belly. And she like posted a picture on Instagram, got really great feedback on it and was like, oh my gosh, it was just like so amazing. I would never have posted this before. And I have some women that, you know, are getting back into moving their bodies in joyful ways. I think diet culture and eating disorders can strip away so much joy when it comes to movement and exercise. Um, And we talk a lot about joyful movement within my support groups. And so I've had some women that have either gone back into the gym because there was some fear of judgment and have found new ways to like move their bodies in, in a way that feels joyful and good for them, which is really awesome to see. And yeah, I think the biggest thing is just everyone feels really validated within the groups. And I just absolutely love being able to facilitate and hold that space. I feel really grateful to be able to do that. So yes, those are those are some of my favorite things from groups. That sounds really special. And I think maybe what people don't even realize when they're immersing themselves in environments like that, you're really changing your brain and you're changing the way that your thoughts are. And that's another thing that I feel like has really helped me over the years. Absolutely. Actively changing my thoughts and realizing that That's not just a concept. The first time I went to therapy, an eating disorder specific therapist, actually, uh, she taught me that my thoughts aren't real. And now I'm like, obviously, but at the time it blew my mind. Yeah. Thoughts aren't facts. And you're like, wait, what? Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah. The majority of the things I think about myself is probably a bunch of bullshit. And I've just been so conditioned to have these, these negative thought patterns and same, same thing. Like I didn't realize that I could reframe the way that I thought about myself and actually create new neural pathways in my brain to actually change and think and make my brain think different things about myself. I like didn't know that that was possible. 
You're speaking my language. And it's also like one thing that's been big for me recently is this concept of a shame narrative. And basically it's just telling yourself shitty things about yourself over and over again. Like, like it, no you, wonder you're going to feel bad. <laughs> and then on the flip side, why not just try like telling yourself really good things over and over again and see what happens? Because I mean, it's neuroscience. Like it's actually going to work. You just have to trust the process. Absolutely. So, Really cool. I have a few more rapid fire questions. Um, Okay. We both are from Michigan. Like I said, both living in Denver, both went to Michigan today. I know. Wild. (laughs) Love that. Um, I was actually, I was blown away when I saw that and I thought that was really cool. So I want to pick your brain on college things. In college, I, God, I went to a community college at first and I went to state for my last two years and I would didn't have any idea about what my degree would be before I got to state. So I was just in my degree was in statistics. So I was taking like five math classes a semester. Why? Um, and I was stressed and I was also working part time and I had my eating disorder was terrible in college. And I think a lot of people talk about their oh, yeah. eating disorder being really bad. And also on top of that, uh, I had a lot of pressure on myself to pass and get good grades. And I would take Adderall and I would find it from whoever. And I would take a ton of it and I would stay up and, oh my God, I could go into like how much I regret taking Adderall in college and staying up and not actually learning. But the side effects that I loved at the time was that it suppressed my appetite. And so I would go you know, for a few days with barely eating and just super disordered eating and all of that. And then once I had a few days of not eating, of course, the crash would come and the cycle would return and I'd be binge eating. And I just really regret doing that. And I wish looking back that I would have changed that. I want to hear like your stories, but what was it like for you at state and what do you wish you would have done differently knowing what you know now? Yeah, I think, I mean, very similar. I I was prescribed Adderall. I think I was actually taking like five ants at the time. I, I do have ADHD. And so while Adderall or Vyvanse or whatever I was taking at the time was really helpful for me, I was also in the midst of my eating disorder. Like I... I love the fact that I didn't have a large appetite. I love the fact that it like gave me this energy. I loved, I just, I I loved those things. And so I think it was this one really unhealthy relationship. I think I had a massive, massive fear of seeing what life would be like without Adderall or Vyvanse. And I definitely abused it at the time. I was using it also in in ways of like, you know, going out and stuff like that and and staying up and definitely not using it in the way that I should have been using it um, all the time. And now I don't take Adderall and I found ways to like manage my ADHD, which has been really awesome. But I think for me, college was really hard because one, I was on my own and I didn't really have anyone watching or managing me. And I think a lot of the people around me also had disordered eating patterns. And so it was like, I was looking at all of these other women and my friends around me that also had messed up relationships with food, but existed in smaller bodies. And we kind of like fed off of each other's like own disordered patterns. And I just didn't really, I, college was really hard for me. I really struggled with school. I I got good grades, but it didn't come easy to me. And so I didn't really know how to like manage that. And so I spent a lot of time either focusing on my diet or going to the gym. And I spent so much time in the gym on that 
I'm fucking ellipticals. So much time I would run to the gym there. Like anytime I had a chance, I was at the gym and I just, I, yes, I had so much fun while I was at Michigan state, but I was so consumed about being terrified that my body was going to change. And it was supposed to change. Like I was becoming a woman, my body, like I was in my twenties, of course it was going to change, but yeah, I just had a, I mean, I think college was just like where I had my most toxic patterns and I wish I would have been a little bit more, you know, it's part of like my journey, but I wish I would have sought out more legitimate support when it came to a therapist. I wish I would have, would have taken my mental health a little bit more seriously at the time. I didn't even think about that, but I wasn't in therapy in school either. And I really wish I would have because- Would kind of see someone like here and there, but it wasn't consistent, you know? Yeah. And I I didn't get help for the eating disorder at all. It was always go, 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 like classes, exams, whatever it is, just- Partying, like I just, my, yeah, my lifestyle and granted, you know, you're young, you're figuring things out, you're enjoying going out and all of these types of things, but- yeah, I wish I would have taken my mental health into account far more. Yeah, I can see how that like could just overall give you a better college experience and honestly, even more clarity on what you want to do because I'm not doing anything with my degree now. And it's like maybe I, I wish would've... I would have thought about that more, you right? know, just yeah. align with yourself from a younger age. And I think I, I feel hope for everyone in college now because I think people are seen on TikTok and social media, people coming forward, talking about their regrets, what they wish they would have done differently. So hopefully they are learning and taking charge of their mental health because you really yeah, Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned that in college, you were in a bad relationship and oh my God, I was in terrible relationships on and off in college. And honestly, even post-college, I was always in relationships and I was always dating guys and yeah, I was definitely dependent on validation from a man, even when I knew that it wasn't the right relationship for me. Either I was changing myself or like, I just liked someone who was infatuated with me or whatever it is. It was never me really focusing on myself or even what I wanted. I just liked the attention, I guess, more than anything. And it wasn't until recently I was in a relationship that I finally ended after years that I feel like my eating disorder got a lot better. And I just felt like I was lying to myself, to be honest. And I was just not honoring myself and sticking in something for too long. And it was giving me anxiety and it was just so bad. And like, there are so many, that's a stressful situation for me, but also even moving to Denver, I was really stressed too. And I put my body through a lot and the eating disorder was still pretty bad when I got out here before I took charge. And I think a lot of people are writing in and telling me about stressful events that are triggering their eating disorder. And that's, that's really disturbing for them. Like, have you seen that? And what type of advice do you have for someone who is going through a stressful situation? Yeah. Um, if you're someone that follows me on Instagram, I called off my engagement last year and that was probably even with my eating disorder recovery and even with the sexual trauma that I have, I think that was probably the most traumatic thing I've ever been through. 
I've never, I've never been that low and never been that scared before. And one, I think it's because I didn't have my eating disorder to kind of fall back on. I was like so present in my feelings and so present in my grief and, and wasn't dissociating from things like I had done in the past with my eating disorder. And there were definitely times last year where I was like, I didn't go back to my eating disorder. I knew that was an option, but it definitely came to my mind of like, oh my gosh, is this maybe how I cope? Maybe that would, maybe I could go back to that. Maybe that would be something that I could find some comfort in. Like there were definitely some opportunities where I'd, I'd felt so low that there were, there was some worry. Not that I ever did go back to my eating disorder, but I was, I was really depressed. Um, and I think for me, my biggest piece of advice is whatever the eating disorder every ever brought you, whether it was like a sense of comfort, a sense of control, like it's all of it's it's not real. It's not real. And while my eating disorder did serve me for a period in my life, and I always say this, like I have some gratitude towards my eating disorder because it protected me in a lot of ways. It protected me from certain unsafe situations in my life and allowed me to dissociate from what was going on up here and focus on something else because what was going on up here was really scary for me. And so it did allow me to dissociate, but whatever that comfort brought was only for a moment. And then it made things so much worse. And so last year I had to really remind myself like, sitting in the discomfort of my feelings is, is, isn't going to hurt me. And it's okay to be uncomfortable. It's okay to like go through hard periods of time. It's okay to sit in my grief. It's okay to feel like, oh my God, what the fuck is going on in my life? I feel like I don't know what the hell I'm doing. My relationship just crashed and burned. How can I find a better way to cope with these emotions and actually sit in them instead of dissociating and avoiding them? And so I just, for me, it wasn't an option. And I just want to remind people that like there is support out there, whether it's a therapist, your friends, your family, support groups, all of this type of stuff, like there is that support and the eating disorder isn't going to give you that comfort. It might be for a moment, but it's not going to last and it's going to make things so much fucking worse. And I mean, what a win for you though, that like you didn't have any type of relapse or anything with your eating disorder. And I just want to echo what you said that the support groups are really critical or just literally, okay, we just met, we have so many things in common, like (laughs) the, the breakup, whatever it is, like going through stressful events, like there are people out there who are probably way more similar to you than you think. So absolutely. I love the saying, shame dies when stories are told in safe spaces. And mm-hmm. you, know, you can find someone who is your safe space, whether it's like online, even, you know, there's online support groups too. Is your support group online? You said there was- Yeah, it's all virtual. Okay. It's all virtual. So, okay. I'm going to pick your brain on where to find that at the end of that. Yeah. But yeah, I just really like the idea of having a support system around you, even if it is online. So- absolutely. My next question is, you talk a lot about media manipulation. I think that I've read that on your website. I've seen it on your Instagram. What should we be aware of? Because I know everyone is literally on their screens at all times. And I have to delete TikTok from my phone <laughs> every other day because I will be on it for hours if I don't. So like, what oh my gosh, yeah. Be, like, 
watch out for, I guess. Yeah. I think honestly, just taking everything with a grain of salt, I would say, watch out for everything. Even like people that you love to follow, I would just say, take everything with a grain of salt because social media is a highlight reel. I mean, even last year I had people, you know, being like, oh, she's faking being okay. And creating all these stories around like what happened with my engagement. I was like, no, I just, I'm in the midst of my grief and I don't really want to share anything and everything about something so personal to me on social media. So yeah, maybe the way I'm showing up in some ways, maybe it is coming off fake to some people, but I didn't want to show up every single day crying, which I was, you know? So it's like, I think just understanding that like, take everything with a grain of salt and know that what we're seeing is a highlight reel. A lot of things are photoshopped and edited and, you know, curated and and made in a way to look really good because that's what social media is. And I think for me, when it came to like media manipulation, it was just really unpacking things like diet culture, fitness plans, meal plans, all of these things. And just knowing that most of that type of information and the way that it's given to us is coming from a way where it's like, I'm going to make you feel bad about yourself. So you feel that this plan, this meal plan, this workout plan is going to save you. I'm going to save you and I'm going to fix you. When in reality, that's just not the case. Like if so-and-so is doing a meal plan over here and she's doing a meal plan over here, your bodies are going to look totally different. So if you're seeing a lot of information out there that like, I can grow your booty this way, or I can get you flat abs in this way, like, no, that's probably a bunch of bullshit because that's just not how that type of stuff works. So when it comes to diet culture, when it comes to like the fitness world, the wellness world, I think it's something we have to be really weary of because a lot of the time it's just diet culture wrapped up in a pretty nice wellness bow. Um, I think just being wary of where is this information coming from? How do I feel when I consume that type of information? And I feeling shitty about myself after I consume it. I think that's a really big red flag. And also know who is who is profiting off of this. Um, so I think those are some things to be mindful of. And again, just social media is not real life. As much as I'm authentic and genuine, as much as I can be, I don't share everything about my life on there because it's a public platform and I I still want a sense of privacy. So knowing that like, even if someone seems like they have a wonderful, amazing life, they're human and they're part of the human experience. And so things aren't going to always be perfect. And so just knowing that no one has a perfect life, perfect body feels great about themselves all the time. Yeah, I think that's a good reminder, but you really are so authentic on your social media. And I think one thing that draws people to you and that I'm really in awe of, you are so confident and it's amazing. And I know, you know, we're not confident a hundred percent of the time, but I really aspire to be like you because I think you have this amazing confidence and it comes through the screen. It really does. Like not only are you beautiful, but you have this great message and it's just really cool. And like, there will be days where I'm just really still struggling and like feel really uncomfortable in my body. Give us the tips. How are you so confident? I mean, there are days where I feel just really uncomfortable in my body too. And I think just understanding again, that that is part of the human experience. Like I think I've over the years have just really leaned more into like body acceptance and body neutrality versus this idea of like, I'm going to love my body all the time. And I love every single part of it. Like I don't, I, I, there are parts of myself and parts of my body that definitely still trigger me. But I know that again, thoughts aren't facts and that like my self-worth comes from 
nowhere related to how I look or what my body looks like in that moment. And I think for me is when I am having a bad body day or I am feeling uncomfortable is just allowing myself to sit in the discomfort of that and knowing that those feelings will pass. And what are some things that I can do in the moment to take care of myself right now? I'm like in my PMS week and I'm feeling just like ugh, bloated and all of those things that are uncomfortable during that week. And so for me, I'm going to be wearing comfy clothes. I'm going to wear things that make me feel good. I'm going to eat foods that feel nourishing. Um, I'm going to reach out to my friends for support and say like, hey, I'm really struggling with my body image this week if that's something, if that's where I'm at in that week. And leaning onto people for support instead of feeling like I'm alone in this. No one's going to understand. I'm embarrassed because I have body image issues. And really just kind of put my shit out there and being like, no, I'm human. I'm not going to feel great all the time. And that's okay. And knowing that tomorrow's a new day and that, again, my self-worth and and who I am as a person has nothing to do with how my body looks. And, you know, some days are easier than others. But overall, I just really know that I'm like a dope as fuck person. So I'm just kind of like, you know. I'll I'll feel confident and better about myself tomorrow and just let myself have a day. Okay. Yes. I think that we've talked about so many good tools and tips and tricks for segment one. This is really all I had for segment two. I'm going to pick your brain on the nice things that you love about yourself. first question that I have is a recommendation and this could really be anything. I actually interviewed my parents on this. They were one of my first guests. It was such a great, I know I asked them things about what they wish they would have done differently. I learned a lot. It was very healing for all of us. Yeah. My, my parents did recommend some things. They recommended some like songs. My mom also recommended love Island because, Oh my gosh. So, but then, you know, I have other people on who are recommending books and apps and all of the things. Yeah. What's a recommendation that you have? Yeah, honestly. So this isn't something that I'm currently loving because I've already read it. But if you're someone that's like in your recovery journey or in your healing journey, I highly recommend the book, The Happiness Trap. It's so wonderful. It's really, really great in terms of tips of like reframing the way your brain works. And it kind of talks a lot about how, We spend so much of our life trying to be happy that that's what actually makes us depressed is like we're chasing this idea of happy and it's like not realistic to be happy all the time. We have a full spectrum of emotions. We're allowed and meant to feel them. And so the happiness trap, I've used it a lot with my clients over the years. It just gives great tangible ways of reframing and thinking about your thoughts in different ways. I feel like you would really enjoy it since you love all things brain and thoughts. Uh, it's a really, really great book. Okay. Yeah, I've never read it. So definitely yeah. link it in the show notes and buy it for myself. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. My second question is, Tell me something that you love about yourself, a positive self-affirmation, all of the above. I think that something that I do every single day in my journal is I sign off with, I love you. And that honestly has changed my thoughts there too. I'm telling myself, I love myself every single day and that's changed the game for me. So I think I love having people on and hearing what they love about themselves because I think it's important to acknowledge. 
I love that. Um, let's see. What's this something that I love about myself? I think there's definitely a few that stand out, but I think for me, I'm someone that's just, I love play and I really love allowing my inner child to be part of my life. I think for a long time, my childhood, when my eating disorder started, got kind of stifled. My joy got kind of stifled. And I I find so much healing in play and letting my inner child shine. And I think kind of no matter where I'm at in my life, even last year when I called off my engagement, like I always find ways to find pockets of joy. I was just talking with one of my best friends and I was like, yeah, we find pockets of joy in the depths of hell. <laughs> and I'm like, it's just so true. Like I just, I feel like no matter where I'm at, I'm able to laugh about things. I'm able to find joy in things. I'm able to just allow myself to play. And I really don't take life so seriously. I think a lot of people just put too much pressure on themselves to be serious all the time. And that just really stifles my fucking energy. And I just, I want, I want to enjoy my life. And so I think I, I do a good job at making sure that I enjoy my life. I love that. I think that's a great answer. Where can everyone find you? First of all, where can they find the support group if they're interested? Yeah. If you're interested in the support group, please email me at fitfatandallthat at gmail.com or send me a DM. My Instagram is fitfatandallthat. My website is fitfatandallthat. So all things fitfatandallthat is where you can find me. And such a good handle too. I really love that. Well, Thanks. it's been so good meeting you. I We're both in Denver, so I'm definitely going to see you around. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was wonderful. I so enjoyed the chats. And yeah, we should go for a walk sometime. That was Julia Parzik. I want to thank her again so much for coming on. All of her handles are linked in the show notes. I have also linked her on my Instagram as well at The Eating Disorder Diaries. So go check her out. I know you'll love her as much as I do. I officially have a plan for the rest of the season. Season one will be wrapping in December at the end of this year. Do you guys hear Brendan? Oh my God clapping in the background he's watching football I'm like dude I'm recording a podcast can't you hear me anyways um yeah season one is wrapping at the end of this year season two will be here before you know it I'm super excited for it it's gonna be a non-stop 2024 with the wedding and everything so stay tuned guys this podcast was written and produced by me Amy Geckel with music from Coma Media Stay tuned on Instagram for updates. Again, it's at the Eating Disorder Diaries. And if you want someone to talk to, DM me on Instagram or email me. My email will be linked in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you in the next episode in two weeks.